You may be seated. Take your copy of God's word, please, and be turning to the gospel of Luke, the 21st chapter, uh, Luke chapter 21. You know, we just took up our offering and our uh, time together there and understand early in their marriage, Billy and Ruth Graham uh, were visiting a church where Billy was preaching. And during the offering, an usher came to the platform and pushed the offering plate in front of the guest evangelist. Well, Billy reached for his wallet and he took out uh, what he thought was a dollar bill. And as he dropped it into the plate, he saw it was his one and only ten dollar bill. And his heart sank as he saw the bulk of his financial resources disappearing into the church coffers. Well, to further complicate matters upon that occasion, the church treasurer failed to give Billy an honorarium for preaching. And so on the way home, he began telling Ruth what had happened, how he gave away his only $10 bill. He didn't get paid for preaching that night. And instead of sympathizing, Ruth said this, and just think, just think, the Lord will only give you credit for the one that's all you meant to give. And uh, talk about a rough Sunday. Give up your money. Don't get paid. No sympathy from your wife. Well, today we're talking about uh, a message, message number two, in a series we're calling Living Against the Grain. Uh, Living a life that uh, goes against what is normally done. Uh, Living a life that does not come naturally. And today's message, Living Against the Grain, is this, be generous. Now, don't answer out loud, but think about it in your own mind today. How many truly generous people... Do you know? Don't answer out loud, but in your own mind today, how many truly generous people do you personally know? Someone has said that there are three kinds of givers, three kinds of givers. There's the flint, the sponge and the honeycomb. They said to get anything out of a flint, you have to hammer it and then you only get chips and sparks. They said to get water out of a sponge, you must squeeze it. And the more pressure you apply, the more water you get out. But the honeycomb is different. You see, the honeycomb just overflows with its own sweetness. How many honeycomb people do you know? Sad to say, I think our world is filled with flint and sponges and very few honeycombs. A lot of of people are like uh, Mark Twain's neighbor. Mark Twain uh, went and asked to borrow a book from his neighbor. And the neighbor said, I never lend books, but you're welcome to use it here. Well, later on, that same neighbor came to Mark Twain and asked if he could borrow Mark Twain's lawnmower. He said, certainly, but you'll have to use it here. (laughs) Today, we're going to meet one of the most generous ladies, one of the most precious ladies you'd ever hope to encounter. And we find her story in the Gospel of Luke, the 21st chapter. I hope you're there. If so, I want you to turn your attention there to verse number one. Luke 21, verse one, living against the grain, be generous. Luke 21, one. And he, that is Jesus, looked up and saw the rich putting their gifts into the treasury. And he saw also a certain poor widow putting in two mites. So he said, truly, I say to you that this poor widow has put in more than all for all these out of their abundance have put in offerings for God. But she out of her poverty put in all the livelihood that she had. 
Now, if you've been in church for any amount of time, this story is probably familiar to you. Uh, you've heard it. You remember it. But have you ever really taken the time to allow its story to grasp you, to really look closely and consider what this passage teaches us? Several lessons jump off the page as you read it. Uh, notice with me, first of all, that uh, Jesus sees who gives. Jesus sees who gives. Get the picture of what's going on in this particular day. Jesus watches for a little bit those who are giving their offerings, those that are giving their gifts to the treasury. Uh, the Gospel of Mark also tells the story. In Mark twelve forty one, it says, Now Jesus sat opposite the treasury and saw how people put money into the treasury, and many who were rich put in much. So Jesus is standing there that day and he's watching, and many rich people come and they put in a lot into the offering. And I want you to notice he does not condemn them for being rich. He does not condemn them for giving. Uh, there are many rich people in our world that love God and honor God and, and use the resources given to them to further his kingdom. In fact, one of the spiritual gifts is the gift of giving. By the way, a little side note, if we could. All of us, listen, all of us today are rich compared to the majority of our world. Did you know that? All of us are rich that are here. I want you to listen to these facts I found on the Southern Baptist uh, uh, SBC World Hunger Fund site. Did you know that 1.02 billion people in the world do not have enough to eat? Did you know every day almost 16,000 children die from hunger-related causes? That's one child who dies every five seconds because of a lack of food. In 2008, nearly three million children died before they reached their fifth birthday due directly or indirectly, indirectly to hunger and malnutrition. I want you to understand we're rich. We're rich. Most of us, our greatest issue today is what are we going to eat and where are we going to eat? Are we going to go home? Are we going to fix our food or go out to a restaurant or whatever? How much are we going to eat? But there are many in our world who don't have anything to eat. And so I want you to realize, remember, we are rich. We're rich. We're rich. Never forget that. Jesus saw that day many rich people casting in much, giving large gifts. And then as he's watching, he sees a certain poor widow woman. We don't know her name, but we know that she came that day and she gave her offering. Jesus sees who gives. The same holds true today. When the offering plate passes, uh, when there's an opportunity to give to those who are in need, Jesus sees who it is that gives. But likewise, Jesus sees what is given. I want you to notice, it says in Mark twelve forty one, the rich put in much. But this poor widow, it says, put in two mites. You might be wondering how much is two mites worth? Kent Hughes said her offering was two coins so small they were called lepta. Literally peeled or fine. The idea is a very tiny, thin coin. He says the miniature lepton was worth only one four hundredth of a shekel or about one eighth of a cent. In other words, the two lepta represented barely anything like today's pennies that most of us don't even pick up off the ground because we don't think they're worth very much. Think about it in regards to this. Her offering was like our giving two pennies. 
Now, how many of us get excited about seeing somebody give two pennies? How many churches get excited about seeing pennies in the offering plates? I mean, pennies. Many people see this as throwaway money. If they drop a penny, they don't even bother to pick it up. If their change is a penny, they don't even hang around to get it. But this poor widow brings her two mites, her two pennies, if you will, and she gives them. Jesus sees who gives. Jesus sees what is given, but also Jesus knows what is kept, how much is kept. Jesus knows how much we keep. It's a most interesting point. Look at verse four again. It says, for all these out of their abundance have put in offerings for God, but she out of her poverty put in all the livelihood that she had. Now, think about that. You see, when the rich were done giving their offerings that day, they still had plenty left over. But when this poor widow was done giving her offering that day, she had nothing left over. The rich gave from their abundance. She gave from her poverty. They gave from their plenty. She gave from her want. She gave everything. Talk about being generous. She gave until there was literally nothing left to give. Literally. J. Oswald Sanders challenged us when he said this. The basic question is not how much of our money we should give to God, but how much of God's money we should keep for ourselves. The widow's mites have been thought of incorrectly at times. You see, the widow's mites do not refer to the least that can be given. Somebody might say, well, I gave a widow's mite. No, it doesn't refer to the least that can be given. It refers to the most which can be given. It refers to giving all. Let's just be real for a moment. Let's be transparent for a moment. Would you take your boundaries down? Would you take the barriers down? Would you open your heart today? Most of us are not as generous as we like to think of ourselves. Now, if you are, just ignore this part of the message. Just just don't worry about it. But, but at least listen. Most of us are not as generous as we like to think that we are. I'm including myself. Why? Why do I say that? Well, I say it because our giving really doesn't impact us too much. Many times we don't give until it Hurts. We don't give sacrificially. We don't give un- until it impacts our lifestyle. We-, we can throw an offering into the offering plate and we still have plenty to do what it is we want to do later on. We, we put our desires above the needs of others. We put our desires above the kingdom of God. We-, we-, we don't get too radical in the area of giving at all. Some tithe. I hope you do, Christian. I hope you tithe. If not, let me challenge you from God's word to tithe, to give to God's work. But listen, don't ever get stuck at the tithe. Tithing is a starting point. It's not an ending point. Learn the, the wonderful uh, lesson of grace giving, giving above the tithe, giving offerings. You see, what happens oftentimes is as our income increases, so does our lifestyle. Did you know that as our paycheck grows, so does our lifestyle. It takes more money to finance this new lifestyle. And and, and we just keep on giving at the same level. What needs to happen in many lives today is a line needs to be drawn 
after prayer and seeking the Lord and say, listen, this is where God wants us to live. This is our level of living. This is the level of our lifestyle. We're going to stop giving into materialism. We're going to stop climbing the ladder. We're going to say enough is enough. And we're going to give above and beyond as God blesses us. And maybe some maybe even need to, to, to back down a notch or two in the lifestyle because your whole life is taken up with trying to finance all this stuff and all these things. And, and the kingdom of God is given very little thought. You see, instead of practicing greed, we need to practice radical generosity. We need to live against the grain. We need to be generous. You see, the world says this to us. Get, get, get and get some more. And millions are paid to the advertisers to to make that hunger in us and that desire and that lust to get, 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 get and get some more. And even when you get it, it's not good enough. Get the new one. You see, God says this, give, 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 and give some more. Jot these references down. 1 Timothy 6, 17 through 19. Command those who are rich in this present age not to be haughty, not to trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who gives us richly all things to enjoy. You see, God wants to enjoy, wants us to enjoy the good gifts he gives us, but don't trust in them. Don't live for them. It says in verse 18, let them do good, that they may be rich in good works, ready to give, willing to share, storing up for themselves a good foundation for the time to come. They may lay hold on eternal life. Earlier, he said this in verses six and eight. Now, godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world. It certainly can carry nothing out. And having food and clothing with these, we shall be content. Now, as far as I know, all of us here today, we're going to eat. Everybody, thank the Lord, is dressed here today. God says we need to be content. Enjoy his good blessings, but don't live for them. Listen, model generosity. Parents. Teach your children to be givers. Teach them to help others. Teach them not to be greedy. Not to focus solely upon themselves. You should be modeling that in your own life. I understand a small boy. He observed his mother as she put a penny in the offering plate one morning at church. And on the way home, she freely criticized the poor sermon that she had heard that day. And, and just how bad the sermon was, the preacher had preached. And a little boy looked up at his mom and said, but mother, what could you expect from a penny? <laughs> Model generosity. Live against the grain. Be generous. You see, Jesus sees who gives. Jesus sees how much is given. Jesus knows how much we keep, but there's one more lesson we want to learn here, and that's this. Jesus uses a different calculator than we normally do. Jesus uses a different calculator than we normally do. I want you to notice carefully what he says about this lady. Look at verse 3 again. So he said, truly, I say to you that this poor widow has put in more than all. Now, don't miss this. He's not saying that she put in more than any one other person did. What he's saying is she put in more than all the other people together. Look at it again. There, truly, I say to you that this poor widow has put in more than all. 
Mark 12, 43 says, so he called his disciples to himself and said to them, assuredly, I say to you, this poor widow has put in more than all those who have given to the treasury. In other words, if you were to dump out all the offerings that day and put all of them on one side from the rich and all those in abundance, you take that lady's two mites from the other side. Jesus says, listen, she gave more. How can this be? That just doesn't make sense, does it? Well, because she gave all. She gave out of her poverty. Think of this. Those two mites, those two pennies were worth more than thousands of dollars. Jesus doesn't calculate like we calculate, does he? We get far more excited about a hundred dollar bill in the offering plate than we do a dollar bill. Let's just be honest about it. We get far more excited about a hundred than a dollar. But in Jesus' calculation, in Jesus' estimation, the dollar may be greater than the hundred. How can that be? Well, it all depends upon the giver and what the giver has given from. Think about it for a moment. When a person gives their tithe and then they begin to give an offering above that tithe, a person who has $10 left over and gives a dollar has given more than a person who has $1,000 left over and gives $100. You say, what do you mean, preacher? Well, listen, you've got $10 left for the offering after you tithe, and you give a dollar, you're left with $9, right? But if you've got $1,000 and you give $100, how much you got left? $900. So, when we be honest about it, the person who gave the dollar is far more generous than the person who gave the $100 in that regard. But listen, this dear lady, she didn't just give part of it. She gave all of it. She gave everything. She gave all. Now, here's what's interesting. Those two pennies, they're still paying dividends today. Think about that. Here we are many years after that poor widow put in two mites talking about her offering. We're still being challenged by her generosity. We're still being challenged by what Jesus said to her. Now, I want you to hear this here. Well, we must not despise the small gifts. You know why? Because the small gifts might be the greatest gifts of all. Jesus doesn't calculate like we calculate. I understand a lady was filling a box for India. And a child brought her a penny. And so with that penny, the lady went and bought a gospel tract, a little paper that tells about Jesus. And she stuck that tract in the box. Well, that tract found its way to a Burmese chief. And it led that Burmese chief to Jesus Christ. Then that same chief began to tell his friends the story of the Savior. Those friends believed and cast away their idols A church was built there. A missionary was sent. And 1,500 people were converted from heathenism to the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And every bit of it went back to, you know what it went back to? That little girl's penny. That one penny that she gave. 
We don't despise the smallest of gifts because they may just be the greatest gift of all. One of the little girls came up to me Wednesday night. You know, the teen kids and teenagers are doing their offering for Lottie Moon and they're collecting quarters. And one of the girls brought back her quarter board and she asked me if there was going to be a, a, a prizes or whatever. And I told her, no, it, it was fun to, to fill in the slots and see that, uh, you, you know, how much you can give. But uh, all of it's going to be added to the goal that we have that's going to the missionaries. And I said, it's all going to go toward the goal of eighty five hundred dollars. Now, when I said eighty five hundred dollars, she kind of fell back, you know, and, and kind of, you know, acted like, whoa. And, and she's like, well, I can't give that much. I said, wait a minute. And I took her quarter board and opened it up. And I showed her what she'd done. I said, you see, all of that counts. Your offering counts. It goes towards the goal. It goes to help the missionaries share Jesus with other people. You see, her quarters count. Her gift counts. Steve Carpenter told me that um, Maddie was having fun as a lot of the kids are, because they're supposed to do little jobs to earn their quarters. Now, I heard Miss Phyllis is real generous to go to her house, but anyway. Um, but he said Maddie had done some jobs, and they gave her the quarters, and, and Steve gave her the choice. You can keep the money in your piggy bank, or you can give it to the offering. And, and Maddie said she wanted to give them to Honeymoon. Um, <laughs> Lottie Moon. Now, you think Jesus is happy of offerings like that? I guarantee you he is. It's just a quarter. It's just 50 cents. It's just a dollar. Listen, he's pleased with that. Is he pleased with the gift of 10,000? Yes, it's given from the right heart, from one who loves him. We all have different resources and all have different means. But the question is, are we generous? You see, that's living against the grain. That's generosity. I'll be honest with you. I believe there are going to be many surprises in heaven when it comes to rewards. We often think from a very worldly standpoint, we think, well, the great evangelists who fill stadiums and, and the great preachers who have thousands of attendants and, and those who are very public and, and very visible, they're going to be just heaped up with crowns. Not necessarily, friend. See, I think there'll be many poor widows there. Those who nobody really knew, but who spent time on their knees in prayer. Who gave sacrificially. Who loved Jesus and loved others. You see, nobody was impressed by that poor widow that day. Nobody said, whoa, look at all she gave. Maybe even some would have snickered had they seen her appearance and her offering, but not Jesus. I believe there'll be many surprises in heaven. I think about a dear lady in the church I grew up. She was my beginner Sunday school class teacher. Her name was Hilda P. Carpenter. She loved Jesus. I had the privilege of being Mrs. Carpenter's pastor later. You don't know her name. You wouldn't know who she was unless I told you. But she was someone who loved Jesus. She was someone who gave sacrificially. She's someone that supported us in our ministry in an awesome way. 
though she didn't have much materially speaking. I treasured her prayers for me and my family. I believe when rewards are handed out. People like Mrs. Carpenter will be at the front. And Jesus will say, well done. Thou good and faithful servant. There are going to be many surprises in heaven. Now, the question I want to ask you today is, are you generous? Are you living against the grain? You might be thinking, well, preacher, how much should I give? I wouldn't dare to tell you that. I will tell you, should tithe. You begin there, but above that, you pray and you seek God's wisdom. And you let the Holy Spirit guide you. But I will share some advice I ran across from C.S. Lewis. It challenged my heart and it may challenge yours as well. He said, I do not believe one can settle how much we ought to give. I am afraid the only safe rule is to give more than we can spare. In other words, if our expenditure on comforts, luxuries, amusements, etc., is up to the standard of common or common among those with the same income as ours, we're probably giving away too little. If our charities do not pinch at all or, or at all pinch us, I should say they are too small. There ought to be things we should like to do. And cannot do because our charitable expenditure excludes them. When's the last time that you sought to honor God in such a way to where you said no to yourself? Because you wanted to take those resources and give them to him and his kingdom. And we've only talked about money. We could talk about time and other resources. But the question is, how generous are you? We're rich. In America, we're filthy rich. Don't compare yourself to Bill Gates or Donald Trump or those. But look around the world today at the majority, the billions of people. And when you do that, you realize you're filthy rich. I'm filthy rich. The question is, are we generous? Are we generous? How much are we giving? Father, I thank you that Jesus took the time to notice this lady. He took the time to teach his disciples a lesson and teach us today. Thank you for your blessing. Thank you for all the things you've given us so richly to enjoy. But Lord, we know to whom much is given, much is required. Father, the world cries out for us to get and get and get some more. To raise our standard of living, to, to live in the lap of luxury but you cry out, would you give? Would you help others? Would you 
Be generous. Ready to give. Willing to distribute. Willing to help. You've challenged my heart, oh God. And I pray you've challenged others today. And I pray, Father, that you would have your will and your way accomplished in our lives. Thank you for generous people who give many sacrificially. May their lot increase. Lord, not for our sakes, not for our kingdom, not for our glory, but for yours. Help us to model the actions of that poor widow. Help us to give till it hurts. Till it hampers what we even desire to do ourselves. Help us to say no to ourselves and yes to your kingdom. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I don't know what God may have said to your heart today or what he may be leading you to do, but the altar is open as we close our service. And if you want to come and pray, you want to come and give thanks for God's blessing. You want to come and pray about what he'd have you to do, whatever the need may be. You're lost today and you need to be saved. Would you come today? We'd love to put you with someone to share the gospel with you and see you come to Christ. Our closing hymn this morning. 607, something for thee. And as we stand and sing, you allow God the Holy Spirit to speak to your heart. And the altar's open, you come and pray. 607, let's stand and sing.